welcome to another episode of Satisfying Static. I'm closing my drink because I I'm, I pulled a Maggie and decided I needed to have one right now. I was just going to say that. I was like, I did my drinking before the countdown. That's why I prepare, okay? And I don't have anything that you need to close. It's a cup. I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of you. I'm so prepared for this. In previous episodes, you have used the thing with the straw, and you can hear the straw moving in the background. <laughs> so that's almost worse. That's almost worse. Fair, fair, fair. Um, I try to keep it minimal now when we record. I've learned my lessons. I apologize to everyone for Maggie's squeak, squeakerton, squeak, squeakin' chair. It's all I have, okay? It's all I can't she bring- has. I can't bring my armchair in here. It won't fit. And this is the quietest space in my apartment. As you know, I live on a very busy street in the middle of a busy city. So so it's either a chair or sirens. And we've chosen chair. So Yeah. Yeah. The sirens are way worse. <laughs> the sirens are worse. That episode, you really, you felt like you were in your apartment. <laughs> And yeah, honestly, like, um, as long as I have a one window open, you are basically on the street. There is no separation. The walls are thin here in California. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. So the word of the day is thick. <laughs> Just a long pause. Long pause. Oh, they couldn't see my face. Thank goodness. Um. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, I almost started this conversation with you before we started recording, so maybe I'll go. Um, so anyway, I, I came across this, this TikTok that was like, y'all are sleeping on plus size mask women. And I was like, who is you all? <laughs> oh no. my God. Oh my okay. God. That's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> was thick masculine women. That's what you thought of. That was the first thing you went to. Boobies, mostly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm no better than a man. I know this. <laughs> that's not what I. That's not what I thought we were. Okay. All right. Great. <laughs> so yeah, my head went straight to thick women, and if you are one, hey. <laughs> so, my thought also went to um, it went to women. Mine went to women in a different kind of way, though. I So my ex and I once got into an argument because I used um, <clears throat> the word thick with two Cs to describe a woman uh, who I had previously been speaking to. So both of their <laughs> names, both of their names were Ashley. And the one Ashley who I'm talking about, who I was referring to with thick with two Cs, is an attractive woman. She's a lesbian. She's a very nice, great individual. Mm-hmm. We talked very briefly um, before my ex, Ashley, and I got together. And I was talking about the other, the thick Ashley, and I didn't, I couldn't think of her last name. And I described her. I was like, you know, Ashley, the, 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 the thick with two C's, Ashley. And they were like, what did you just say? And I was like, uh, you know, I... Uh, we gotta love that foot and mouth syndrome. That's a hard one. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. Wow. I was like, I don't, I don't, I just couldn't think of wow else. And granted, this, the, the thick Ashley was also like Asian. Um, so I could have been like, you know, the Asian Ashley that we know. Lots of other descriptors. Yeah. 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 Probably at least a dozen you could have thought of. Yep. And I went, I went with thick with two C's and, and then I like tried to defend the fact that thick with two C's does not mean 
attractive, which was not right. And it <laughs> wow, you just you just kept digging that hole for yourself, huh? You were like, well, I'm here, might as well just keep going down. Yep. Yeah. And then like we were friends on Snapchat. We still are friends on Snapchat, but we used to talk a ton on Snapchat. And my ex actually would be like, oh, is that from Thick with Two C's, Ashley? And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like she would just she would just roast me. Oh, no. What's funny is like the Ashley that I called Thick isn't even like Thick Thick. Like we're the same size. Uh, yeah. I mean, either way, I would have been petty about that forever, too. Um, so. Uh, well, hey, Thick Ashley, if you're listening, now you know that apparently you're thick, but not that thick. <laughs> if that Ashley is listening, you are still attractive. I'm very happy that you are happy in your life. I'm glad that you got away from the toxic individuals in your life. And I'm really glad that we didn't work out because I don't think we would have been a good, good, a good bear. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Oh my gosh. I, I love this message to Ashley. This is very cute. <laughs> it was nice. It was nice. Um, the other thing I think of when I think of thick is that my mother is a control freak, obviously, but she mm-hmm. loves ice cream, like milkshakes. And the way okay. she orders this milkshake is she's like, I want an ice cream sundae milkshake thin enough to drink through a straw, but thick enough that it doesn't run off the spoon. Your mom voice is very scary. I know that I I don't know why I I really is that really what she sounds like because I would no. be I really don't want to be <laughs> no well first of all no my mother does not sound like that and secondly you don't really want to meet her anyway fair but so when I hear thick I think of my mother and that that description that very specific description of of her ice cream shake or milkshake. Yeah, I hope that hasn't been burned in my brain. I'll let you know the next time I want a, mil- a milkshake. <laughs> Hi, yes, I want a milkshake. Oh, God, uh, I want a Christine's mom. I mean, what? I mean, thick. I mean, thick. <laughs> what a disaster. Yeah. Um, surprisingly enough, the second thought I had was also milkshakes. Because oh. for some reason, that that's what that word makes me think of. <laughs> a nice, thick milkshake. Yeah, or like smoothies. Like for some, if they're too thick, then I get like disappointed. Or yeah, I'll get upset. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been on this weird kicker with milkshakes, or not milkshakes. God damn it, with smoothies lately, and specifically a strawberry banana smoothie from McDonald's because there are a lot of McDonald's on the Pike, which is the big Massachusetts interstate. And I will stop at a McDonald's on the way to work or on the way home from work, and I will get a singular, medium strawberry banana smoothie. And it makes me so happy for no reason. (laughs) Like there's nothing in that smoothie that's good for me. It doesn't even taste that great, but it really hits me in my, my, my soul of soul, my heart of hearts. It makes me very happy. It's the little things, you know? So that's the important stuff. And when a world, the world is how it is, you have to take in the little joys. And if that's a strawberry banana smoothie from McDonald's, then get it. <laughs> then get it. Yeah. Yep. I will. I will get. I read something very depressing last night. Oh, good. France has officially listed charcuterie meats as a uh, colon cancer causing agent. So, salamis, pepperoni, um, basically any cured meat like hot dogs, spam. Spam's not really a meat, but you know what I mean? Any of that stuff that's cured. So, for a long time, nitrates has been listed as like a carcinogen or a cancer causing agent, but now they're officially saying, like, homie, these meats. You can't have these meats. 
which you're like, I don't give a shit. I'm a vegetarian. Yeah. I mean, no, I do give a shit. I mean, a lot of people in my life eat meat and like, it's important stuff to know, but like, yeah, cool. I, so I'm, I'm saying, right. I'm saying this here because I'm strongly considering giving up red meat. One of the most striking things I remember from PA school is we had a cardiologist come lecture and he said he got to do a rotation with veterinary medicine, like big zoo animal vet med stuff. And they got to do an autopsy Ooh. on a lion who had died died from old age. Yeah, he's really cool. And um, <laughs> he's like, I saw the heart and there wasn't any fat on it. And he was like, why is that? Why are these lions that eat, you know, all this red meat having no fat on their hearts? Like, why does this heart look so good? And he's like, oh, because they have the enzymes and the means to break down red meat. We don't. So our bodies are just storing all this stuff as extra and it's just toxic and it's not anything good for the body. And he's like, yeah, straight up. I became a vegetarian that day and I never looked back. He's like, I, he's like, I never looked back. He's like, I tell all my patients, he's like plant-based, you know, you want to, he's like, protein is important. Even, even the food pyramid, you guys remember that cheesy food pyramid? Oh my God. It's such a marketing scheme. It was terrible. Yeah. So it's been debunked as being like, not at all good for you or healthy or whatever. It was paid for. It was made by a bunch of PR people sitting in a room together, not like nutritionists. Right. Right. And so in the actual recommended food, my plate stuff, they replaced the phrase meat with protein. Oh, nice. I love that. Yeah. Specifically to entice people to get their protein from something, whether that's a meat or whatever. I basically, the rest of what I read on the internet last night was uh, grilled chicken, fish, and vegetables slash fruits are mm-hmm. all the safe options. Red meat and fats and th- grains and such are, are the sketchy stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Well, good to know. Also, I think it's very interesting and f- kind of funny that like protein is the biggest concern when people talk about like not eating meat because we overeat protein as Americans, like way, way more than we need. I have never, ever, and I've worked, I've been, I work out, I've been working out my entire life, like three to four times a week. I have never had like an issue with not having enough protein ever. The biggest issue is iron. That's one thing you got to watch for. But the protein piece, not a problem. You There's so much protein in a lot of the things that we eat. And the meat that we eat, like, I, I don't know how true this is, but a while ago I read that, like, we only really need, like, 20 grams of protein a day, which is way less than what we consume or what an average American consumes, especially if you're eating, like, meat as well. And so if you look at kind of, like, maybe what your body needs and the breakdown of, like, what you're eating, you'll quickly realize that, like, um, it's not the protein that you need to supplement. You'll be fine. I'm Googling it. <laughs> Yeah, I love that we can do that in real time. <laughs> it is nice, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> what? 0.8 grams. A day? Yeah. <laughs> I had outdated information. Um, yeah, so again, protein is not your concern. Iron's the one that you got to watch out for. So 0.8 grams, it would be 80 milligrams, and that's five to six and a half ounces per day. Of like, what does that look like? Is that like a piece of chicken? Like what is five to six ounces? Oh boy. Wait, hang on. Now I'm getting conflicting information. Okay. Yeah. Obviously we can't trust the first Google search. If you're sedentary, aim for 1.2 to 1.8 grams per kilogram. So quick math, 
says 1.2 milligrams per kilogram or grams per kilogram. I am 175 pounds. Don't judge me. Divided by 2.2 gets me 79.54 kilograms times 1.2. I need 95 grams of protein per day. Okay. So that is more than I thought, but still that's not difficult to achieve in a day. Oh, the first number I had, the 0.8 was correct, but that is 0.8 grams of protein per kilo. Okay. Got it. So not total. Yeah. 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 So 0.8 grams per kilo. You're not sedentary, so your amount would be higher as well. Right, right. I'm not, well, eh, I'm kind of a fat slob, but if I wasn't, no, I would be. You work a lot and you do work out, so I wouldn't call you sedentary. Um, so I, you'd probably be shooting for more like what, like 120 or one, 120 or 130 grams a day or whatever, but. Maybe. Again, it's individual. So if you are really interested in like your health and like taking care of your body and your nutrition, like do some research as to like, what your body needs and how much, and then it's easy to cut out the stuff that you don't need and still feel good. Right. Right. And still feel good. That's the important part, right? Like we want to eat stuff that makes us feel good. And I feel like when I eat red meat, I don't feel better. I don't feel great. We have talked about this about me being French fries sober because I, when I eat, <laughs> yes, when I eat terrible food, I feel terrible, but it helps some yeah. weird emotional baggage that I have. Well, I mean, I don't think uh, moderation, right? Everything in balance. Like, I don't think you have to completely stop, but like, I think putting in guardrails and setting limits for yourself and like also <clears throat> maybe other people can like comment to this, but I've noticed because I do this journey back and forth a lot of like trying to be very healthy and then kind of falling back to eating garbage. Um, once you do get into that habit, <clears throat> it's easier to choose not to fall out of it because you're like, I don't want to feel like shit again. Like I feel so good right now. I have all this energy. I'm feeling good. Like I, I haven't felt like brain fog or whatever. Why would I want to do that to myself? So like, it makes it a lot easier to stay the path, at least for me. Um, that's especially what I noticed when I quit. Well, I say I quit sugar, but it's kind of impossible in our society. But when I cut sugar down to about like 10 to 15 grams a day, um, I felt like a whole different person and I'm going to do it again. <laughs> yeah. The sugar, you guys you do not realize how much shit sugar is not. in. Like you have no so idea how much shit sugar is in. Like there's people just recently I listened to an interview um, of someone from the UK who came here, got their same cereal that they loved from back home, and it didn't oh, even saw, taste the same. Because it yeah. tasted, it was, I mean, they needed to add like 15, like, 15 grams of sugar to it or whatever to make it just feel so much better. They were like, this is insane. So then, oh, I'm sorry. So when they went home, they had to add sugar to it because the one at home didn't have sugar in it, and they got used to the one with sugar in it. So they yeah. had to add all this sugar back in the UK into into their foods. It was just, man, I, I, oh boy. It's very upsetting when you do take a look at it. Um, and it's just hard because a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to cut out sugar. I'm going to cut out sugar. And they cut out sweets, right? They're like, oh, I'm going to cut out anything that like obviously would be sweet, but you don't realize how much added sugar is in shit. We don't, it doesn't need to be in like all of your dressings, every sauce. Um, it shouldn't be in most musters, but Trader Joe's, I'm calling your ass out. Why are you adding sugar to your mustards? <laughs> like Trader Joe's. Okay. So if here's the journey that I've been on in quitting sugar, you have to plan one because it affects your hormones and you are going to be a raging psychopath for at least two and a half weeks, two, two to three weeks. 
you are absolutely insane. So be prepared for that. Prepare your family, prepare your friends, understand that you're going to be a rage monster. Two. Hide your kids, hide your wife. Hide everybody. I'm not even (laughs) kidding. Like I've already warned people and I haven't even started. I was like, you know what? I'm thinking about it. So I'm just going to let you know now. Oh my God. Be ready. You might want to avoid me for three weeks. It is very, very, it's, it's addictive. It's like quitting an addiction. So you go through withdrawals, you're irritable, you crave it like crazy the first three days. Like it's all you think about. And it's to, to be clear, it's not, you're not thinking of sugar. You're craving all these kinds of foods that you didn't even realize had sugar in it. No, you're just craving sugar. Like I've never you're really, I've just, never. Yes. Because I went cold turkey. Like the f- day one, I just cut it off completely. And so days like two through four, the only thing I could think about was sweets. I was like, I need sugar. I need sugar. I need sugar. I need things that are sweet. I need sugar. That's all my brain was doing. Oh, wow. And so like, but like I, I'm this time. So this is why you have to prepare because it's so difficult to find snacks, foods, whatever, when you quit sugar, because everything has added sugar. And I also cut out um, any artificial sugars as well, which cuts out your list of items that you eat significantly. Right. Um, So the only thing that was allowed was if sugar was a naturally occurring thing. So like fructose, it's a fruit. So like apple juice is a safe food because it's no added sugar. It's sweet enough on its own or honey. I was like, okay with honey, but nothing else. And doing zero grams a day is damn near impossible. So I had, I brought myself down to like 10 to 15, which if you look at a loaf of bread, that is one sandwich. That is two pieces of bread, not even a sandwich. Like you can't, there's nothing else on your sandwich. So it's incredibly, incredibly difficult to even get down that low, which is why I called out Trader Joe's because that was one of the, that's one of the only places that is safe for a lot of their prepackaged, pre-made foods do not have added sugar in them, which is really, really difficult to find in most grocery stores. And so if you're starting out like Trader Joe's, pay us to advertise but like honestly that is the place to go (laughs) you'll find a lot of options there but yeah you just have to it's not about like clearing out your pantry from the muffins and the chocolate and whatever you need to not only look at the nutrition label but look at the ingredients because if sugar is an added ingredient in certain instances it doesn't have to be on the nutrition on the facts label oh my god so and then you also have to account for going out because you can't control that as much. So like if you're eating out, obviously you have to account for the fact that like, okay, today is going to be a high sugar day because it's going to be in the bread. It's going to be in the soup. It's going to be in the sauces. It's going to be in everything. So today's just a high sugar day and kind of account for that in my week, but it's tough, but I will say I did it. I was only going to do it for 30 days and the first three weeks are tough. So, but once I got, once I broke out of that, I did it for 90 days because wow. I didn't want to go back. I felt like a whole different human being. Honestly, I was, I lost the amount of weight I lost. And like, I don't like telling this to people because people use it as, I think it can be unhealthy. But I all I was doing was eating all day long because I was starving. And I was just eating every fucking thing I could. And I could not keep weight on at all. So the amount of sugar that just, that was just like two weeks of me cutting back, like ridiculous. 
so once I got past all of that and like my weight leveled out and I was like kind of on pace with like the things that I was eating, totally different human being. Like I was almost never tired, never drank coffee. My head was a lot clearer. A lot of my ADHD symptoms weren't as bad, like at all. It just helped so much. Like it it, it is honestly life-changing and I still live by that, even though I ended up like sliding backwards and, you know, eating all the same crap again. But I'm going to try to do it. What So what what does an average meal for no sugar content look like? <sighs> That's a great question. Well, if you go to Trader Joe's, it can be a lot of things. Um, <clears throat> so Trader Joe's, um, <laughs> yep, you just need, you need to go live in Trader Joe's. That's the whole plan. No, but like, I mean, so there you kind of have to cook. So it does involve like a lot of cooking or meal prep. You're eating a lot of vegetables, a lot of fresh foods very, very little prepackaged or pre-made things, which is why I keep pushing Trader Joe's because that's like one of the only places that you're really safe with like prepackaged things. So for a lot of it is kind of like preparing and meal prep, a lot of snacks, like I eat a lot of like carrots and some kind of dip. Hummus is usually safe. Certain chips. You, I make a lot of my own like salsas and then sauces at that point because I can control how much sugar goes in it but you can kind of pretty much eat like normal it's just some things you might have to substitute like making yourself or just be very very conscious and kind of read every label and find the one that has either the least amount of sugar because again I was eating 10 to 15 like grams a day so if, if I found like a pasta sauce that only had like one gram of added sugar or something we could figure that out it's your, it's your, it's your life. It's your nutrition. So your comfort level, but that's, that's what I was doing. Oh man. I just, oh boy. Also you stop craving sweets after you like kick the sugar out of your system and everything, literally everything, grapes, strawberries. Oh my God. Everything tastes so sweet. It's ridiculous. Like right now I think strawberries kind of taste like eh, watery almost. It, they were over, like I couldn't eat too many of them. Oh, wow. A huge effect on our bodies. And here in America, especially, we eat way, 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 way too much of it. Obesity is a problem, guys. And it's not one that's going away. And I don't say that to body shame anyone. I don't say that to make anyone feel badly about themselves. But there should not be a six-year-old with a BMI in the 30s that is... right unhealthy and normal BMI for you know a child is is nowhere near 30 I think it's like 18 or 20 is optimal and BMI is a fucking joke okay my BMI is elevated as well I understand that I'm just saying as a metric there shouldn't be a five-year-old that's you know pushing 280 that's insane and it's dangerous and it, it it does lead to you know type 2 diabetes and heart disease and joint problems and fatigue and all these things I mean obesity and COVID obese folks were dying. I mean, it was, they just, they could literally their lungs could not expand the way that they needed to. And so mm-hmm. some of us are big boned. I have huge hips. I have a huge ass. I can't, no matter what I do, I could do a, I could run a mile every hour on the hour for the rest of my life. And I would never get mm-hmm. rid of this ass and these hips. That is my curse. I bear that. I have that cross to bear fine, but it, there are, there are those of us that are shaped that way and curvy and everything else. And that is beautiful. And that is great. But we can all agree that there is a different level of obesity that is problematic and is dangerous and is, you know, 
it's just scary. It's just scary. And I'm not, I'm not pushing anybody to be like, you need to go out and you need to lose weight. And but people have their reasons why they can't. And I get that. There's loads of reasons. There's medical reasons. There's hormone imbalances. There's all these things. There's but societal you, reasons. There's societal reasons. But if you can get in front of some of this stuff as a parent, just setting a kid up with good life choices as far as like good eating habits. I mean, I had friends that, you know, their parents now and they've taught their kids really, really, really good food decisions on, you know, keeping certain things like keeping meat, like treats almost like you get meat once a week kind of a thing. Like Mm -hmm. there's a more responsible way that we could be with food. And I just wish that we viewed that as, as a thing. I, I wish weight loss wasn't talked about as, um, you know, body shaming because it really it, it doesn't need to be and it shouldn't be. Right. Also that, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, you'll be thinner mm-hmm. if you do this. It's like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. We we can't do it that way. It, but it really does affect your health. And there are there are healthy yeah. fat people and there are unhealthy skinny people. That's that's factual. True. But there are certain things that weight can negatively affect. And it's just it's scary when you look at you know, the average lifespan of an American and how it's going down. Yeah. It's only as good as it is because of modern medicine. It's, it's, it's plateaued and it's going to start, yeah, decreasing because our lifestyle habits are not good. Right. But I would like to argue that that's not necessarily an individual situation because if you're poor and you're working three jobs and you're trying to raise a family, where are you going to find the time to teach your kids good decisions about food where you barely have time to feed yourself. And sometimes you don't have the money to. Um, And fortunately, the cheapest things on our shelves and Europeans, I've seen the Europeans echo this on TikTok, the cheapest things on our shelves are the worst for you. Why are vegetables so expensive? Why is the fresh actual food so expensive? It doesn't make sense. No, it's it's definitely it's one hundred percent a societal issue. It comes from the top down, and that's why these like urban Absolutely. food deserts, these like urban food deserts exist. Ridiculous. We're yeah. like literally, you know, downtown Chicago. Yeah. I could walk down the street and find all this shit, but buying a fresh mm-hmm. apple, probably not impossible. Right, and you have to travel far for a grocery store that would have quality items. So you're left with grocery stores that have like less than stellar produce options and absolutely nothing but prepackaged cheap garbage. Like how are those people even going to know how to eat well themselves when that's not something that we teach, you know, like. And it's like, it's, and there's so much, I hate to be that person to be like, oh my God, big, big food companies. But guys, there's so. No, it's true. If you, if you look at the Obama administration, when Michelle Obama was pushing to get more fruits and vegetables into the schools and she had this big fight childhood obesity campaign, Mm -hmm. they fought her tooth and nail so much so that they literally said, oh no, they're getting a serving of vegetables. The ketchup is a tomato. I remember that. And it was like, this is a joke, dude. This is a joke. This is a joke. You are killing our youth. And for what? An extra few dollars here and there? For profits. Yeah. These companies know this. These companies know that if they get get these people, you know, indoctrinated and addicted now, they will carry it into adulthood. McDonald's is the biggest perpetrator of this. They literally have food scientists who have made it so their French fries are just as addictive, if not more, than a drag of a cigarette. That's interesting. I think their french fries are trash, but, you know, whatever. Well, so their french fries have a healthy amount of sugar in them. 
Figures, yeah. Most and they are extremely addictive. The reason why they're not as good they're as they disgusting. used to be. Many of us, many of us, especially us 90s babies are like, oh my God, back in the day, McDonald's french fries were baller. No, I was always a binger, Burger King girl. Really? Oh my God. No, no, no. French, McDonald's french fries used to be way better, but they used to fry in beef tallow. And then that was outlawed. So now they fry and I think vegetable oil or whatever, peanut, maybe even peanut oil. They they literally they have food scientists who have figured this out. They have researchers who have figured out that yellow and red entice hunger more than anything else and more than any other color combination. Yeah. Yellow and red. Like I know. There's a whole marketing chart about this. If you Google it, it'll tell you what all the colors. That's why Facebook's blue. Twitter's blue. It's because it entices trust. It's why Chase is blue. Isn't there a reason why Starbucks is green? Yeah, there. Um, I forget. I think it's like calming or something. I thought green was like comfort colors for some reason. There's a reasoning behind all the colors for any logo, especially any major co- corporation. Everything is marketing. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. But so it's if you if we just think about this critically for a little bit, why does a country want their youth to be overweight, unhealthy, and uneducated because they're money. easier to control? Money. Well, money. Yes, of course, money. But they're easier to control. They're easier. They're easier to to push in other directions if you know how they tick and you you form them to tick that way. And say the direction. What direction are they trying to push us in? Say it out loud for everybody. A bad direction. They need a workforce. Yes. Yes. That's how capitalism works. If and we're and we're all saying fuck you. We have uh, Uber Eats and Instacart and I uh, stream shit on Twitch. So no, I don't want to work for your corporation. Yes. Yes, they need they need a, they need someone that is uneducated and too yep. poor to do anything but work for them. I find it fascinating that Amazon is actually facing a worker shortage because they've already churned through the majority of the working age population with their insane yeah. work with their insane work practices. They basically taken all of these individuals, chew them mm-hmm. up, spit them out, and now they're like, "Oh no, we don't have enough." Yeah, we don't have any new applicants. Ooh. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, this is what I mean when I say hit them in their wallets. Stop applying for Amazon. Stop, you know, like, there was a TikTok I saw that was like, this is the only way to do this. And communities of color have been doing this for decades. And white people are never going to figure this out. And they're right. Um, the only way to do this and really hit them in their wallets is to stop relying on them. Rely on your communities Get with your neighbors, start growing your own vegetables, start swapping, start trading, start bartering, create a community space where you guys come together and like get the things that you need from each other. We don't need to constantly be buying things. We don't need to constantly be going to like big corporations for stuff because as we can all very clearly see, they're fucking us over. The reason minority groups are so much better at this is because they were forced to. If we could force white folks to do that we may adapt and figure it out i don't know we're not the smartest crayons in the box but that's why they've perfected that they they, it was their backs were against the wall there was a crisis and they did it and they continue to do it and they have some generational yeah they have some generational trauma with that where they they are good at adapting to that yeah no absolutely i'm a child of immigrants um right I don't relate to white people <laughs> at all. Right. Like I'm right, right, very, right, right. most of the time I meet other white people and they're like, you didn't grow up doing blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So yeah, I understand you rally around the communities that are more like you. And we understand that as queer people too. Yeah. Because when you need a safe space, you're going to go first to the people who are most like you. 
and then expand out. So like, yeah, of course it made sense. Of course it was out of necessity. Of course there's trauma out of it. However, the people that will survive out of whatever the hell is going on right now are the people who have support systems outside of the government and big business. Because when those crumble, what do you have? Right. Right. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where we need to force to some level the necessity of it. I mean, we invented Velcro when, or no, I'm sorry. We galvanized rubber. <laughs> we galvanized rubber because we needed rubber in World War II. Velcro was also a necessary invention. <laughs> I was going to say, I, th- I think Velcro did have its own place in history, but, but we, we, innovated and we changed car manufacturers into into plane manufacturers in a time of war. It should not only take a time of war for us as individuals and as a country to innovate. And we, oh, friends, we got to come together here, okay? It is not the North versus the South versus the East versus the West, okay? We are United States of America. We stand as a, a nation. And right now there's so much division just on a state level, on an individual Ugh. level. Mm-hmm. It is insane. And we as a country, cannot divide and fight again. That was the bloodiest war we've ever been involved in. It's It would be even bloodier if we did it again. Texas is trying to secede again, which would be the third time in the nation's country that they've done it, in the state's um, history that they've done it. Um, they've never stopped talking about seceding. No, Can we all just be no. clear? They have never stopped talking about it. No. <laughs> I, it might actually, it might have been their, this might be their fourth time because- they left Mexico, or they left Spain, they left Mexico, they left the U.S. I think this would be their fourth time. Hang on, I'm going to Google that, too. How many times has Texas seceded? Texas is, like, the most disputed land. <laughs> it's It seriously is. Yeah, well, um, okay, to your point about we can't go to war, I'm going to ask you this. Are we not already? We are in a civil war of social justice and social unrest. It has come to somewhat violence in that, you know, we're having these school shootings and everything else, but we have not declared it in such a way that we are running for our our muskets and showing up at, at the militia signups, right? Like, on smaller fronts, sure, with like the Proud Boys mm-hmm. and that crap, sure. But the mm-hmm. vast majority, you know, not the loudest people because the minority of these fringe groups are the loudest, but the majority of us have not gone and taken up physical arms. We just haven't crossed that threshold yet. Right. But even in war, there's a majority of people who don't take up arms and they're still living in a war zone. Are you saying we're not living in a war zone if we can't go to the grocery store or take the train or go to a parade or drive down the highway? I see what you're saying. And I agree <laughs> that we are in that we are in a combat zone of sorts. The difference is I don't think that I am going to have a group of 10 Proud Boys kick in my door and take my house under the Fourth Amendment or whatever it is that says that U.S. military can can sleep in your house because you're in a war zone. We're not there. We're not shutting down travel. We're not... That's what I'm talking about. Like, we are... We are... Yes. We are close. But we are not there. We, are, we don't have National Guard units, like individual state National Guard units being called in yet. That's the next step, right? I have a counterpoint to that. Okay. 
when a government is no longer recognized as the governing entity, their declaration of war doesn't really matter. We'll still be at war, even if the government doesn't recognize it. Does that make sense? Yes, but there's something very visceral about war to me that says, I have a unit of troops here, a unit of troops here, a main base here. That is my battlefront. That is my flank. We haven't we haven't drawn those lines yet. Because you love World War II. <laughs> well, I don't love World War II. I enjoy the history of World War II. Yes, now that makes sense. It's clicking. But like I can also appreciate like the the conflict in Ukraine right now, right? Well, it's not called a conflict, mm-hmm. it's a fucking war. Russia invaded the yeah. war. The war yeah. in Ukraine right now. There is an obvious front. There is an obvious, you know, militia that has gathered and become a unit. They, you can walk out your front door and be handed an assault rifle. That mm-hmm. is a war. Mm-hmm. We are in a battle currently, yes. But it is not escalated to the point of we're shutting down, you know, businesses and hospitals because they're being shelled, right? Like that kind of, that kind of war. Pause. Uh, Starbucks is closing 16 locations citing safety concerns. Oh, Jesus. So is so did Rite Aid and Walgreens, I believe. There's a handful of businesses this week who are announcing business closures due to safety concerns. There's a social battle going on, one of which that we aren't winning currently and that there isn't <laughs> a true there isn't a true winner, right? Let's say the government wins. Oh, great. So you have an oppressed population that doesn't feed right. your workforce or feed the economy. Great. Okay, great. We win. Now we don't have a fucking functioning government. Awesome. This is great. This is all going so well for all of us. Well, that's the point. That's the point, though, is like if we were at war and we win, then we would, the next step would be to put in place a functioning government. Well, I guess sure. it would be messy for a while, but that's the, that's kind of war you know can't really avoid that i guess the problem the problem is you get rid of our government what is what does the new one look like and does it look worse that's a good question because we built a new country that's what we're in right now the united states of america Mm -hmm. we were a new country you put the Mm -hmm. government in place Mm -hmm. and they thought that that was better than what they gave up right Mm -hmm. who pushed themselves to the front a bunch of crusty old white men what will happen when this one falls? A right. bunch of crusty old white men with money will push themselves to the front of that line and we will have potentially a worse government. Which is why I'm refusing to stop talking about this topic and I've been like talking about it nonstop to anybody who will let me because I agree. And if you've ever paid attention to any of the conflicts in Southern America then you understand that a power vacuum is a very dangerous thing to have. So that's not something we want to be blindsided with, is all I'm saying. That's fair. To circle all the way back to the beginning of that, let's stop. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get out of the thick of the fight and realize yes! that we nice. as as individuals should partner with other human beings to fight human being oppression, right? As a as a collection. It should not be states against states it should not be we we as a human species are fighting something and we need to fight it together and not divided we we will 100 fall so yeah and this is a hard conversation and i don't want like it to dishearten people i think honestly the lesson and like what i would love to push people to do is invest in your communities 
invest in your neighbors, invest in the people around you. If things get bad, if shit went down, if things do happen, those are going to be the people in your corner. So build up your communities. And if you feel helpless right now, that's something you can start doing right away. Absolutely. We are at 40 minutes, so we should end this one. But what a ride. Yeah, what a ride. Started with thick. Started from the thick, now we're here. No. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. Thanks, guys.